Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 20 of the Football Fig Nuts podcast. I am Britt. I'm Craig. And as hard as it is to believe, we are here in episode 20. That means we have drank at least 20 beers. At least. Tonight. 20 beers tonight. <laughs> that's that's a complete lie. Yeah. But uh, So let's start where we always start. Um, and welcome, Fig Nation, to our beer segment. Craig, what are we drinking? Uh, you were gracious enough to bring over a bottle of Holiday Ale once again. Holiday Ale? Who makes Holiday Ale, Craig? Uh, that would be Two Roads Brewery. Two Roads Brewing Company, based in Stratford, Connecticut. Yes. Who should someday sponsor us? Someday. You never know. Someday. I don't. Even, I keep poking at it on Twitter you and being know. like, listen to our podcast. We drink at Two Roads Brewing Beer. I'm like, <laughs> somebody on their marketing department eventually will, will notice this. So, yes, Holiday Ale, as we imagine that, a Fig Nuts beer. Oh, my God. Oh, that would be big time. That, I, would, that be. would be it. That would be it. That would that would be like resume time right there <laughs> if we had, fi- the, you know, the Fig Nut beer. Uh, anyway, um, I totally lost my train of thought. Now Sorry. all I've got in my head is I'm going to be famous for, for getting our <laughs> names on a beer. That's that's all it's got in my head right now. Um, yeah. Okay. So Holiday Ale, as we know, is my, my favorite of the beers, and we've talked about it in the past, so... Um, much like Rosemary's baby dominates my life for the months of, uh, August, September, and October, this will dominate my life for November and December, and then it will spontaneously vanish. I will go into rehab and have a terrible depressive period because my two favorite beers of the, uh, season are gone. But not before you buy a case of it. No. Yeah. Last year, (laughs) and I think I told this story already, so I'll keep it really brief. Last year, I literally, every chance I saw a four pack of holiday, I grabbed it. And my wife was like, Britt, there's six four pack you literally have a case of this in the fridge and it's like you don't know me (laughs) that's right don't judge me man you don't know where i come from uh no but i I said to her i said don't forget the year before it ran out before thanksgiving so yeah i'm gonna stock up like the pumpkin beer the yeah pumpkin beer just spontaneously evaporated like on october 29th yeah what the hell like the only one i could find was the coney island and it's it's one of the ones i don't really care for so i was like no i don't really want that um, but so I do, I stock up on the holiday ale because it's important to have it through Christmas for me. It's, it's a holiday. It's holiday. Yeah. It's exactly. in the name. So lot to cover week nine craziness. I did not do a week nine breakdown, um, of the DFS picks. I did cash. I had a really good week last week. Uh, I've what finished first in nice. a double up, which doesn't really matter again. Right. Where you finish a double up doesn't matter, but the finish first it's nice That's to cool. see your name at the top of the list yeah. once in a while. So uh, that was really, really good. And I, I, I did. I cashed in, in week uh, week nine. So nice. I broke even. That's three out of four weeks, though. You know, I mean, going back to week six, I've cashed three out of four. I mean, week eight was miserable. I lost my shirt on week eight, but I more than made up for it by winning a little bit on six and seven and winning pretty good on nine. Um, I'm even for the year because I had a rough start to the season, but I'm doing well and I'm very pleased. And it looks like things are starting to normalize a little bit. And we'll get to that with regards to week 10. Uh, with regards to closing out week nine, I did in my article put up there and there will be another article by the time you're listening to this, the week 10 DFS breakdown will be available on fignutsdfs.com. Uh, I, I said, you know what? I'm tired of my system telling me to use these weird people that I just don't have faith in. So I'm going to put out people I like, and I'm going to put out people the system likes and see what happens. What happened? Well, I put out 10 picks. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I put out eight picks and four of them valued. These are all value plays. These are all guys I expect to get to 3x value. Okay. Four of my eight picks hit. Okay. I picked guys like Jack Doyle. I'm um, trying to think about Carlos Hyde. I had I had a really good week. 
So I'm like, yes, screw you, computer. I own you. Ran the computer's picks through and five out of his 10 hit. So 50% for me and 50% for him. Not bad. Yeah. So the one week I decide I'm going to directly challenge is the one week the computer actually comes through. So either way. So I'll probably do that again because I'm looking at the... uh, the picks for this week. Some of them are a little wiki, but let's go to burning hot take questions. Let's get into that. All right. Um, so one, so question one, I will <laughs> give on this one. All right. There was a uh, quite a bit of fisticuffs in week nine. Uh, we had some angry people, very many games. Yep. Very many games. Um, and, uh, to, to me, the takeaway is that, uh, the league is more worried about people kneeling during the anthem than there are fights going on in the games because of the way they handled it. But AJ Green, mm-hmm. two-part question. Number one, what the hell? And number two, should he have been suspended for week 10? Um, They probably, if they both got suspended, I would be okay with it. If I just, believe they did. Didn't they both get suspended for this game? No. No, just AJ? Did he get suspended? Yes. AJ Officially. Green, yes. AJ Green is suspended for week 10. Oh, all right. Then I have to see if what's his name. I'm pretty sure they both got suspended. Did they? Well, the problem is <clears throat> the guy he fought with, He per, his play style, he purposely doesn't wear a mouthpiece he likes to so he people. can talk to you the entire game. Now, I'm not excusing AJ Green, but I'm just saying the way they showed it on TV, it looks like he just shoved him and AJ Green punched him. It was going on like through the whole game up until that point. Right. And he AJ Green apologized and said he shouldn't have right. done that. Jeff Manns from Guru Elite lit into AJ Green like you would not believe like this was all his fault. It no. doesn't make a difference what a guy says to you. And he was like, you never, you never advocate violence. And he dared the listeners. So this is what real quick, because I, I can say I can tell you chomping at the bit to respond to this. <laughs> So he's like, I would never go on the air and say you should hurt somebody. And the next caller comes in and goes, what are you talking about? Like three weeks ago when Ezekiel Elliott challenged the suspension, you said you hoped he'd break his leg on like the second play because that's what he deserves after nice. being jerk on this. <laughs> and all of a sudden there was just dead silence. It wasn't that exact word, but he did, he did advocate for physical pain for Ezekiel Elliott. And then there's dead silence on the serious video for about three <laughs> seconds. And all of a sudden you hear a little voice come back and go, you, you got me on the Zeke thing. Yeah, I, I did kind of yeah advocate for physical violence against Zeke. So, you know, don't ever throw yourself and sit there. Don't take the pompous. I'm going to, you know, Bible thump here. Don't thou ever doest this blah, blah, blah. Because depending on the situation, as as bad an idea as it was to fight, you never know until you're what in that he actually situation. said. Exactly. We don't know what was said. Something terrible could have been said about his family. You know, I, you know, and when you're losing that thing, you like everything just makes it worse. And this has been a rough year for your Bengals. Very They've struggled a great deal on an offense Very. that should not be struggling. No. And I, I, I didn't hear who, but one of the, your offensive linemen is down now is not going to play this week. Yep. And that's going to make it worse for Mixon, uh, which is bad because I need him this week. You know, and Eford's been hurt his entire career and. He's my he's Croft's my DFS hurt. pick this week for tight end. He needs to be healthy this week. <laughs> he needs to be healthy. Um, okay, so so did he deserve to be suspended? Did they both deserve to be suspended? Did they both I think do? So. Yes, not just one of them. Yeah, I think they both got suspensions there. So, all right, so that's uh, especially so, with the whole Mike Evans thing. I, I also see, apologized. I did not see a minute of the Mike Evans Evans thing. No. <laughs> uh, so what happened was, I don't remember who on the other team it was. <clears throat> okay. But Desha- Deshaun, right? 
in Tampa Bay? The quarterback? Watson. Yeah. Watson or Winston? Jameis Winston. Winston. Thank yeah. you. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun's you're thinking of Houston. Houston, right. Yeah. So anyway, he was on the sideline, right? Okay. He came off of the sideline onto the field and started taunting the person on the other team. Jameis Winston did. Yes. He stuck his finger in his helmet, like behind his head, and started talking. So he, that guy turned around and shoved him. So now Mike Evans, Comes only thing the he sees quarterback. is his quarterback getting shoved. So, And the pro- only pro- my problem with what he's not defending the quarterback, but he literally dove at him like he was doing a spear from WWE and like tackled him. So this is again, and because this is similar to the Marshawn Lynch situation from a couple weeks ago, where he came running onto the field to defend a friend of his who was playing for the Chiefs. He came to the defense of a Chief, which, by the way, has riled Raider Nation. <laughs> I don't know how much you read about the Raiders, but Marshawn Lynch is basically the equivalent of a Harry Potter blood traitor at this point. <laughs> like it's it's like like you'll never be a Raider if you defend a Chief kind of thing. But again, somebody not involved in the play comes running in because two other guys are into it. Thinks he's the hero, and now we have a week without Mike Evans. And Jameis Winston's not going to play this week. No. That's the Tampa line going down by like six points in one shot. Whatever happened to Doug Martin? Doug Martin's been playing after he served his suspension. He's just been really bad. Oh, Just been really, really bad. Tampa has not been good. No. Mike Evans has not made value in DFS all year long. So as bad as a loss as that is for the team, it's not a loss for us in fantasy. It just isn't. So, all right. Question two comes from you. Question two. With all the talk of Thursday games. Yeah. And players apparently do not like Thursday games. Yeah, I, I'm in that boat. Uh, and the fact that the NFL is saying their viewership is down. Yes. Do you think it has to do with the NFL being overexposed? Like, there's too much now? Which- I don't think that it's an overexposure issue. I think Thursday night football is a fantastic idea that does not work in practice because it takes too much time to recover. And I hate to say the next sentence out of my mouth. You probably would never hear these words from me before. You never will again. <laughs> but I agree with Richard Sherman. Wow. That you cannot do these Thursday games every single week because the recovery time, it just isn't there. And now I heard a solution to this. Go back to the two bi week system that you experimented with like 15 years ago for one season. Make it an 18 week season and make the requirement that you must either be going on or coming off of one of your bi weeks before you can play in a Thursday night game. I'm okay with that. That way that, you know. I would say probably coming off is better, you know, because you're yeah. getting a full week in between. Not, you know, play Sunday, play Thursday when I have a week off kind of thing. I don't think that really helps a Thursday night. But I think one of the reasons Thursday nights have been abysmal in general has been because there's not enough preparation time and not enough recovery time. And the games just haven't been good. The games have not been like, good. There was just the one. I, was it the Chiefs Raiders game? That was 31-30 on the last yeah. play. That was a Thursday night, right? Yes, that's right, because I was at curling. And I was like screaming because it was during the World Series and there were Dodger fans in my curling club. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we got to watch the Dodger game. It's the World Series. I'm like, screw that. My Chiefs are on TV. Let's put the Chiefs on. <laughs> Fortunately, the Dodgers fans went to curl. And before anybody could find out, I'd switch the TV. Nice. Yeah. So 
Um, so I don't know if you got to get or, rid of... Or do we just go back to the way it used to be and just have it be on like Thanksgiving and Thursday? You know, you know that's the Christmas. other option. Maybe you do four Thursday night games a season. Like one a month. Yeah, exactly. And make it like a real special event. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But you got to do something different. I, I'll agree that we need to do something different. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think there's just... there's. Like there's a giant injury factor involved in recovery time. Like, yeah, you play Sunday at say you know four o'clock. You now have to get ready for a game on Thursday. Yeah, there's no, there's just no rollover time. It's just not no. enough time. So it's just terrible. So okay, question the third. <laughs> All right, and here's where Craig throws something at me. <laughs> Is the Colin Kaepernick story uh, ever going to resolve? God. And I'm going to preface this before uh, Craig answers by saying at least once a day, I get a text message from Craig saying, when are we going to be done with this? Someone please sign <laughs> him and let him rule or let him suck. But let's get past this. Are we going to see a resolution to this before the end of the year? Is Colin Kaepernick going to be rostered before the end of the season? Well, his lawyer said he would be. That was like a week and a half ago. It said it was imminent. Right. And now here we are again. Now we're hearing that there's going to be depositions of like owners. uh, Here's here's my issue because at Houston, they signed some guy who hasn't played in two years. Yeah. Okay. So I'll here's here's where I'll step in and play devil's advocate. Now finish your thought first. I don't mean to cut you off. Finish your thought. So they signed him. He hasn't played longer than Kaepernick. Yeah. Here's and everyone's up uproar oh my god here's a couple things that people who don't really follow football outside of the political thing this right. is only football right um here's the thing people don't think about he hasn't kaepernick hasn't played in a year you don't really know what kind of shape he's in he hasn't ran an offense in a year he would go into a team with a play scheme he's ne- probably never used before okay so now you're going to sign him to we'll assume multi-million dollar contract, there is no way he would you would sign him on a Tuesday and he would play Sunday. No, he would need at least and two be weeks. Good. No, I, I agree. He would need at least two weeks. At least two weeks. At least. And the other thing is too is he's someone who can start. Maybe we don't. Maybe know. we like don't know said. that. But he probably could start. So why not just bring him in for a tryout then? You're Houston. Why not right. just bring him in for a tryout? Come down. Let us see what you can do, and, and the, then we'll talk. The other thing is, too, you don't know what his agent's saying. He could be saying Colin Kaepernick wants $40 million but for two really years. But do you really think that the agent is saying, no, we won't try out? You're going to sign him before he gets know. on a plane? I'm I just saying there's a lot of factors involved in it. Well, here's that, the factor that I I try to interrupt the, And plus, Houston already has a quarterback once they repair his knee. What, in like 2018? Ka- Ka- Kaepernick isn't going to... I don't think he's going to sign a contract for two months. He might. Like, he might at this point, looking around the landscape and saying, I'll sign a one-year deal. Yeah, I mean, look at... Look Arizona ar- should sign him. Look around the league right now. Look not at, the Browns. Not the Browns. But, I mean, just <laughs> saying, go to Houston. Look at all the teams that are likely going to be looking for a quarterback next year. Teams with old quarterbacks, quarterbacks that are clearly in decline, the New York Giants. If you're listening to this right now and you don't think Eli Manning is in decline, please slap yourself and douse yourself with water because Eli Manning is in full decline. Carson Palmer is 106. He's not coming back. Tom Brady is one hit away at 41 next year. From saying I'm done, I'm hey, gonna. He walk said away. there's still time for him to play for another team. Yeah, 
If he stays healthy, but healthy is not a guarantee. Okay, it's he's been good. By the way, you brought it up last week. Quick side, you brought up the year that Tom Brady got hurt. He did. He played one game that year. The Patriots went eleven and five in his absence, and they did not make the playoffs. The first and only team since the merger to win eleven games and not qualify for the playoffs. Huh? Amazed. There's your stat of the it. week. That was it. That was the that was the what you you said. I just yeah. never seen he missed most of the yes, that was it. He played one game. They still won eleven and five. So all right, anyway. If I'm Kaepernick, I'm looking around and I'm saying, put me on the field for four or five games, and I will sign a massive contract somewhere. I will go somewhere else in 2018. I'll do it. I'll do it. But no one's gonna sign me for a big deal in 2018 if they don't see me on the field in 2017. I'm gonna call this the Ryan Fitzpatrick effect. Geno Smith gets punched in the face. <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick is an accidental starter. Who also the used next, to be a Bengal. Yeah. The next thing you know, he's asking for a gigantic deal from the Jets. Now, we all know how that worked out, but that's the idea. Didn't he you go to have the Bills? to show him something. No, he's in Tampa. No, I meant after the Jets. Didn't he go to the Bills? Sure. I think it was at the Bills before the Jets. Oh, I lost track. He's been a lot <laughs> of places. A lot of places. So I, I do see some logic to signing a one-year deal. I do. Here's the why it will never happen in Houston. The Houston Texans are owned by Bob McNair. Bob McNair is the one who famously a week or two ago not said... Not Steve McNair. No, not Steve McNair. Bob McNair. Isn't he dead? Yes, yeah, Steve McNair had passed. He's no longer with us. We don't have to look that one up. <laughs> Bob McNair is the Houston owner who said we can't let the inmates run the prison. Oh, that guy. That guy. He is famously anti-labor from the NFL perspective. The NFL players... To him, and this is my opinion based on the stuff that I've seen, are commodities to be used and then discarded, not people that you care for and nurture. And that's how he looks at it. Is this guy going to make my team good enough to make money? Yes or no? Yes or no. And when he's, he maybe he is, maybe he is, maybe he is. Oh, now he's not. All right, he got to get rid of him. Cut him. Cut him, trade him, get rid of him. He is players are a commodity to him. He does not, for lack of a better term, from everything I've read and everything I've heard spoken, he is not a caring owner. Remember when Arthur Blank was wheeling Michael Vick around the sideline years ago? That year he really screwed up his knee, and Michael Vick was the uh, not Michael Vick, but Arthur Blank was the caring owner. That is not this guy. This is the opposite of that. Yeah, this guy is like, I'm not shelling out for an automatic wheelchair for you to cruise on the sidelines, and I'm not sending anyone down there to push you. Figure it out. Okay. For everything I've written, again, I've never met Bob McNair personally. Just on the off chance he listens to this podcast and thinks he needs to sue me. I have never met him personally. In the words of Rocky, sue me for what? Yeah. Everything I have ever read about the guy says he is anti-labor. He is a old school businessman who is all about making money. and He doesn't care how. And part of that not caring how is I don't care what Colin Kaepernick's issues are. He is going to detract from me making money because people, even if it's only 2% of my fan base, 2% of my fan base is going to be upset and stop spending money on the Houston Texans because he's on my team because that's how he's publicly perceived, right or wrong. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. So I, that, that's why Houston's the wrong spot for him. But I, I think he needs to get on the field. I do. I don't care if they pay him with a bag of peanuts at this point. Get on the field and set yourself up for 2018. You either, One of two things is true. He can play and he's worth signing or he stinks and he's not. 
and how things are right now, whether it's racially motivated or motivated by his politics or whatever, we're not finding out the answer to that question. The only way this story's going to go away is to know the answer to that question. That's yep. it. I don't know. I still think the Cardinals should sign him. Yes. The Cardinals should sign him. They have a running him. back now. <laughs> They've got a and running back. They have back. another one waiting. And David Johnson <laughs> is going to be back eventually. Maybe not this year if they're not in the race, but they may they may keep him out until next year. But what happens if Carson Palmer's like, dude, I'm too old for this crap anymore? Or what if you need somebody in there? Carson Palmer's awful comfy there in, in Arizona. Who's challenging him? Who's challenging him? He needs, I don't even know who their backup is. Bring well, it's Drew Stanton. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Drew Stanton. This has become a weekly update. Who's the backup <laughs> in Arizona? Drew Stanton. Um, but maybe bringing Kaepernick in and saying, "Okay, one of you two is going to be the starter, and one of you two is going to get cut," would be enough to really get this going. But I can't endorse Arizona doing that without seeing him first. You know. So okay, burning question number three. Papa John's Pizza. Papa John's claims it's silver down because of the NFL protests. Earlier this week, an (laughs) alt-right website named Papa John's Pizza. Remember, folks, this is NFL-related, not political. (laughs) Named Papa John's Pizza, the official pizza of the alt-right which Papa John's then quickly had to put out a press release saying we are not part of the alt-right. <laughs> What's worse for Papa John's separating yourself from the NFL or being identified with a very <laughs> wow. extreme political party? Uh, <clears throat> wow. That's a tough one. Uh, I don't know. Can I say 50, 50? I'm not I mean, sure. This is just a bad move by them. Isn't it just in general? It is. He just and this is, is this is the guy that I remember too. He was the one who was famously quoted as saying something about um, profit sharing. No, why? I'm taking all the risk. Why would I share the profits? Yeah, he's also not employee friendly. He, yeah, him and Bob <laughs> McNair are like that. You know, I, I don't know. You know, Jerry Jones owns a uh, portion of Papa John's, and and Peyton Manning owns like three franchises out in out in the, the Denver area, I believe. He owns. They, they all have a, a piece of lack, pardon the term, but a piece of the pie. <laughs> Do not the NFL is in right now at a crossroads in terms of social awareness and player safety and all these different things are going on. The worst thing you can do is blame them for anything because it's just going to they're going to bounce back. They're going to bounce back one way or another. And when Papa John's comes walking through the door going, hey, let's buy some ad time. The NFL is going to be like, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, I feel bad for people in the country that don't know what real pizza is. You mean everybody who doesn't live within like 50 miles of New York City? Uh, and or I Chicago? Guess some, I guess parts of the West, Chicago or parts of the West Coast. Because people yeah. from here move to the West Coast. So, But if you're in the middle, I mean, I and guess there's, there's some spots, but not much. Yeah, they're, they're rare. They're rare, but I, I just... It's like your options are Papa John's, Domino's, and Pizza Hut. And Domino's is the most popular and, pizza in America. And maybe Little Caesar. Yeah, maybe Little Caesar. Where half the time you don't even know what you're ordering off the menu. I walked into a Little Caesar's once and ordered a Coke Coke and they handled me two large Cokes. 
<laughs> and I'm like, I didn't know this was a double order. I just wanted one soda. But, just you wanted... know, right now we can walk to four different pizza places. That are way better than any of the places we've listed. Yes. And family owned and Good. operated. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. There's, I've got two right off the top of my head within walking distance where we're currently sitting. Two a little further. Where but, are you yeah. thinking that's a little further? We can name drop. What are they going to do? Sue us for promoting them? Maybe. Uh, well, let's see. There's. Uh, I'm thinking Fire Engine and Beverly. Fire Engine. There's Beverly. <clears throat> there. If you walk further, there's uh, that new DJ's Pizza. Have you tried there's them yet? Fairfield Pizza. There's Fairfield Pizza Post. My, Fairfield Pizza is my go-to when there's I just pizza. want a slice of pizza. <laughs> when I just want a slice of pizza, Fairfield's my go-to. So it's just they're easy, and they usually have a good assortment of slices just sitting around waiting to be eaten. So. DJ, I have not tried the DJ's pizza. It's there's new. there's one in the valley. Yeah. Um, that our good friend Sean um enjoys a great deal. So um we should try that sometime. So okay. Moving on from burning hot take questions. Yes, okay. a little political today. Don't care. Um week ten. Yep. I have in front of me All right. what was meant to be a color coded list. It is not, it's black and white. Of the games. Unfortunately, I did not have a color printer at my disposal today. We have... Oh, crap. This is going to be... Oh, so no. Right, here we go. I'm cursing. Now what happens? I don't know. I'm blaming the cat. Where's the cat? Yeah, <laughs> she's, she's asleep. Oh, good for her. What is this? I don't know. Is that is last week? last week? That's last week's. Did the Bills play the Jets last week? They did. Okay, they did. you've got to help keep the studio clean here, son. <laughs> I can't... Uh, I can't be held accountable for that. Uh Uh-oh. Okay, so this week in the NFL, we have a couple of games that are um, over uh, one game that's at the 50-plus mark and a couple that are sub-40. Right. So I'm pulling up my magic list now, which is also not color-coded. Okay. Oh, just use the paper. Technology is failing us tonight, (laughs) dude. It's just bad, man. It's just bad. All right, going to the paper. So one game. Mm-hmm. In the fifty plus range, okay. Which game is it? Hmm. And I'll give you a clue. It's a fifty and a half. The highest over really? under of the week is fifty and a half, which is shocking, seeing as we had two teams score fifty points by themselves last week. We did in the Rams and the Eagles. We did which she is part of the reason Rams why defense. I was. Yeah, oh no, the Rams defense. Well, they did okay. As long as you didn't start the defense against the Rams, you're fine. No, the Giants? Yeah. No. Oh, my God. The Giants are a tire fire. I am so sorry. The Giants play the 49ers this week, too. If there's ever been a a sign that says, you better win this week, it's Giants at 49ers. Do you remember when that was a rivalry? Yeah. When that would be like, holy crap, that's the best game of the week? Bill Sims and Ronnie Lott. Yeah. yeah. Joe Montana. John Taylor. Oh. What happened? One game over 50. One game at 50 and a half. I'm going to go with Houston and the Rams. Houston at LA is a 46 and a half. Oh, no. Close. But to be fair to you, that is the second highest over under. Oh, right, so that's right. also on my list as the one of the top two. But there is one that's over 50. Hmm. Let's see. No. And it's a small line, too. It's only a three-point spread. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow, I don't know. So many injuries to think about. Uh, New Orleans and Buffalo. New Orleans at Buffalo is a 46. You just picked the third highest. Damn it. 
Uh, I'm going to help you out a little Dallas bit Dallas and Atlanta. It is Dallas and Atlanta. It's a 50 and a half point spread. So, in theory, Dallas and Atlanta is the game you want to target. In theory. I'm not huge on this game, except on the ground game. Unless Zeke gets suspended. And you never know. We're waiting on word on that now. But even if we get word on that, it could change a day later. So we don't know. And is Julio Jones going to catch anything? Uh, I mean, he's banged up. So he missed like a touchdown last week. Yeah, well, right he doesn't catch hands. touchdowns. He just doesn't catch touchdowns. So there's that. But also Devontae Freeman, still a little banged up. He's questionable. Tevin Coleman is doing okay. I think the only guys usable in that game are on the ground. Now, games to avoid. There are two games that are sub 40. Ooh, okay. One is a 38. <laughs> the other one is a 39 and a half. Ooh. What two games um, is Britt fading this week? Giants and San Francisco. No, Giants and San Francisco is a 42 and a half. Cincinnati and Tennessee. No, really? Cincinnati at Tennessee just makes the line at 40 and a half. Oh. All right, let's go shot in the dark. Uh, Green Bay and Chicago. Green Bay and Chicago is the first one at 38 points. You know what? This is going to sound terrible. I'm not a betting man, <laughs> yeah, but I would. I Well, <laughs> I play DFS, but that's what I can get in that debate. Packers at Bears. Put a final score on that right now. I'm going like 17-10. These are two miserable looking offenses. Neither one has a quarterback. True. They have running backs, but that's about it. But even the running backs are... eh. Aaron Jones is hit or miss. Jordan Howard's been solid. He's actually recommended playing my DFS when we get to that, but... eh. Yeah. Uh, And And, and, uh, quick... Off yep. the top of your head, don't yep. look. Name two Bears receivers. Go. Ah. Uh, yeah. Right. Exactly. Moving on. So there's another <laughs> game that's under 40. This one's at 39 and a half. Uh, Miami, Carolina. Miami at Carolina is a 39 and a half game where the Panthers are nine point underdogs. Wow. To Miami? <laughs> yeah. Because it's in Carolina and Miami's really bad. Really bad. I actually like that line because as bad as they are, I think they're two really offensive-minded teams. So I think that game could very easily be 28-21, and that's 49 points. There you go. So I'm, but still, I'm not a fan of anybody in that game. Who am I using in Miami now? Who? Stills, maybe. Stills, if if they're cheap in DFS, one of the running backs, but I don't know which ones they're going to rely on. Now that Jai's gone, Eagles, know? man, and the Panthers, the Panthers' leading receiver is Christian McCaffrey. Yes, he's going to have over a hundred receptions this year. I I can't now. Technically, David Funches is their number one. Devin Funches, I don't have any faith in Devin Funches. He's random, you know. You never know what you're going to get. He's in the Stefan Diggs category. 30 or 3. You figure out which one I'm going to be this week. You know who's getting into that category for me, by the way, is big game Bob Woods. Really? I gambled on Robert Woods last week. You did. I should have switched my, it up in my I lineup. I switched it up, and I put him in, and I was like, you know what? It, it's against the, it was against the Giants, right? Yep. I said, I, I just have a feeling they're going to try to pass the ball against a, a weak secondary a lot. He's going to be the number two, number three option. He's going to get a lot of targets because of the coverage. 
and I was right about that. And then this week, his freaking salary went up for like $500. And now all of a sudden, I'm like, yep. Because that should be a no-brainer, too. That should be a no-brainer to the Texans at the Rams. The Texans have no pass rush. None. None. Not now, no. J.J. Watt has gone to Dr. James Andrews or wherever the hell people go when they're hurt, and it's bad. So... All right, so in theory, you should be targeting Dallas at L.A. I'm not, I'm sorry, at Atlanta, not L.A. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of that game. I just don't really trust it. Dez is banged up. Julio's always banged up. Devontae Freeman's banged up. We don't know if Zeke is going to play. I don't know what's going to go on. I heard one guy say that Bryce Butler is the guy to use in Dallas this week. So if you want a sneaky option, use Bryce Butler. I didn't even know Bryce Butler was still in the league. So, (laughs) you know, do what you want to do with that. I'm looking more. I'm looking at matchups this week. So what matchups look appealing to Brit? Well, I'll tell you. There are two that jump off the page at me because they are the Indianapolis Colts and the Cleveland Browns. I love Steelers at Colts. I love Browns at Lions. The Lions and the Steelers both have decent offenses and either one can be used. My stacking lineup this week involves four Pittsburgh Steelers. That's a lot. That's a lot. And once in a great while, Cleveland does surprise us. Mm-hmm. You know, so we'll see what happens there. But let's start talking about what what teams are you targeting this week? Uh, well, Detroit, because they're playing Cleveland. In Detroit. In Detroit. Home sweet home. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Anybody else that you um, really like? Team and wise? and the Pittsburgh game because they're playing Indiana. So Way I'm going to steal more. my ideas, Craig. Great job. Hey, I always say play people who are playing Cleveland. That's true. That's <laughs> true. So, all right. So, let's start talking about specific players. Who do we like in the quarterback ranks? I'll start with my guys. Um, I want to like Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I can't. The metric loves Ryan Fitzpatrick. 20 plus points, more than 20 points with that 4,900 salary in DraftKings. That's 4X right out the gate, kids. But I don't know that he's going to get there. So I am backing off of him. I'm actually targeting get ready. And Craig's going to hate this. I'm looking at Marcus Mariota against Cincinnati in Tennessee. I have a feeling that that game could go. Whatever happened to Murray? What, DeMarco? Yeah. He got into a timeshare with Derrick Henry to the point where you can't use either one of them because you don't know which one to use. Perfect. Uh, the other guy I'm thinking about using this week is Matt Ryan, but his salary is a little high at 6500 If that Dallas game does live up to the hype, he's going to be a big part of it. So I'll 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 use Mariota some places. I'll use Ryan others. What do you like in the, the quarterback mix? Uh, two I'm looking at is Stafford, again, because he's playing Cleveland. Matt Stafford, I've got At him for home. 23 points. The problem is he's 6,800. He's expensive. So, yes, high point total. Yep. And the other one would be Goff. Jared Goff, I'm looking at my value list. Where are you? Wow, he is. he's at 6,700, but he's earmarked for 21 points. So that puts him in the 3X category. Everybody on the metric this week basically was in the 3X category. So you had to really look for the 4X if you're looking for super value. But what it also tells me, when I look at the list of quarterbacks and they're all in 3X value, 
that says to me that I can play more reliable players because there's really not a lot of money I'm going to save. So I can go with a Ryan Fitzpatrick for 4,900 and score 21 points. And yes, I'm going to save money or I can go with the more reliable Drew Brees for 22 points and 6,900. Yes, Brees is more expensive, but is that extra $2,000 of salary worthwhile when I'm talking about reliability? And in this case, it is. So I'm looking at reliability in quarterbacks this week, not so much the big flash. If you're looking for flash in the pan and you want to just throw money at the wall and see if it sticks, you're looking at guys like Fitzpatrick, Osweiler, and Dalton because they're Osweiler all... Osweiler get benched. Did he? I think he did last week. Wow. Well, I don't got, know if he's playing this week, but I've he got, got him, benched last week. I've got him pegged as a starter and at 17 points. So if I'm wrong about that, I apologize. So Skip Osweiler then. Fitzpatrick and Dalton are the two guys that you're looking at if you really want to make a splash. So I would not recommend using either one of them myself. But the metric loves them. Running backs. Craig, start off with running backs. Who do you like this week? Uh, well, my go-to guy as the last couple of weeks has always been Kamara as one. He has really come out. You ready for this? Yep. Kamara is ex- Kamara, who is a technically the technically speaking the backup, mm-hmm. is only one hundred dollars cheaper than Mark Ingram this week. Really, I think one is sixty eight hundred, one is sixty seven hundred. Hold on, I'm pulling it up. Uh, Ingram is seventy four hundred. Yep, and Kamara seventy three. Am I looking at that right? Where are you? I just lost it. Oh, you broke it. I did. Where are you, Alvin? Oh. Oh, I'm sorry, $6,900. $400 cheaper. What, I'm sorry, what I have them is a difference of one point. Ah. So Kamara is a better value, but Ingram's going to score one point more in my assessment. Also, And because they're one point apart, they're both right next to each other in my rankings, personally. So, All right, so you love Alva Kamara. Kamara, where is that game? Is that game in New Orleans? Uh, it's at Buffalo. So the, the elements play into it. I don't know what the weather report looks like for Buffalo. I know. It's supposed to be cold this weekend. It's supposed to be cold. And we know, well, that may mean New Orleans runs the ball more. Here's my issue with using Kamara this week at Buffalo. Kamara, a lot of his points come off receptions and yards from receptions. He doesn't run the ball as much as Ingram, but he's used a lot in like screens and outs and and passing formations. If they're not going to pass a lot because it's cold and they just want to control a ground game, then they're going to rely on Ingram. But, I mean, yes, in general, Kamara is a good choice. I just don't know that he's a great choice in Buffalo. So mark the tape here somewhere around the 38-minute mark. <laughs> Who will have a better week, Mark Ingram or Alvin Kamara? I'm going to go Mark Ingram. Craig, you're going with Alvin Kamara? I'm going Kamara. All right, so there, there we go. We'll see how that one works out. On my end, for reliability purposes, I'm paying for Jordan Howard. Um, 6,100, I've got him pegged for 17 points, which is not value. But I've got some guys I want to take a risky shot on. There's a couple guys out there that I think are worthwhile value plays. Thomas Rawls. Um, he still only, plays? Yeah, and he's only $3,400. I have a Does he feeling, start? Yeah, well, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I have a feeling he's going to do good things um, this week for Seattle. But you never know with Thomas Rawls. So you might want to pass on him. But you know who else is going to make in the value range? Orleans Darkwa is still $4,500. Unless Perkins comes back this week, which I have not seen anything that says he's going to, I, Dark was a good play. I also have Frank Gore on my value list. Oh, Frank Gore. I've made a decision that anytime Frank Gore is under $4,000, he's 
he's probably a value play because he's always good <laughs> with the exception of that one week where he did nothing. He's always good for 11 to 12 points, not less than 11, not more than 12. But if he's under $4,000, that makes him a value play. It does. And he's 3,700 this week on, um, on DraftKings. So I, I'm also looking at Isaiah Crowell because you can run on Detroit. True. I just think they're going to get down and they're not going to be able to run. How uh, do you feel about, um, uh, Gordon playing uh, Jacksonville. Um, I'm looking for him on my list here. I've got Melvin slotted for 16 points because Jacksonville's run defense is a little bit stingier. Still, 16 points is a really good week, but I don't see him going crazy, and he's got a high salary, so I'm probably steering clear of Gordon. I'm probably fading him. Now, here's the the last thing. So I, I'm talking about Rawls, Darkwa, Gore. I've got Isaiah Crowell as an option. I've also got Matt Forte slash Bilal Powell. Forte is 4,400. Powell is 4,000. One of them is going to score points <laughs> because it's Tampa. Yeah. But I don't know which one to go with. Where are they playing? They're in Tampa. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Everything's running back by committee now for the most part. It is. So the question becomes which one they're going to use Forte more. But Powell also catches a lot more passes out of the backfield. He's also a little bit more explosive. Yeah, it's like Kamara and Ingram. Exactly. One of them is going to get points. Which one? I feel more confident in Ingram this week just because of the the situation in terms of the weather. But I don't think that really applies unless it's raining in Tampa. And if it's raining in Tampa, that favors Powell, in my opinion. Forte has never been a good no, slot. You might have to watch the weather report for this one. Yeah. So they're both options, too. So you can afford to pay up for a Jordan Howard or even a Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, I've got slotted for 25 points, but he's 9,800. He's literally going to cost you 20% of your salary. So you don't want to, you know, but if you're going to pair him with, I don't know, um, Thomas Rawls at 3,400, you know, or Bilal Powell at 4,000, you got a, you got a chance there. You got a chance. So let's move on to wide receivers. All right. Um, I don't agree with the metric this week on the Uh-oh. wide receivers. The metric has four guys he likes, and I don't like any of them. And they are Adam Humphreys, oh. Marquise Goodwin, oh. Kendall Wright, no. and Marquise Lee. Oh. Here's what I'll say. <laughs> One of those four guys, and Marquise Lee may not play, by the way. He's questionable as we're recording this. One of those guys can have a really great week. I have no idea which one it is. I'm leaning towards if I have to play one of them, it's Marquise Goodwin because I think the 49ers are going to have to pass. And mm-hmm. we all saw what the Rams did to the Giants secondary yes. last week. So if I have to use one of them, but the 49ers secondary also stinks and Sterling Shepard's only 5,500. He might be good. Might mm, be a good choice. Not a bad pick. Uh, you could also, I'm also looking at Larry Fitzgerald, even though it's Drew Stanton. Seattle has been up and down, in my opinion, on defense. They're clearly not the uh, commanding defense, particularly in the secondary they have been in the past. So I'm willing to use them, use him if I can. More than likely, I'm using a combination of really um, solid chalk picks. Like I may use Antonio Brown, but then I'm going to be forced to use like an Adam Humphreys and a Kendall Wright. Mm. So I'm, I'm trying to balance it out. I'm probably using more mid-range and wide receivers. What do you think about wide receivers this week? Uh, this week... <clears throat> I was looking at Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, he, the <clears> problem <throat> is his salary keeps cre- creeping up. He's up to fifty six hundred. Um, <clears throat> I was pick, looking at um, very expensive. If you're using Stafford, I was going to go with Golden Tate. 
Golden Tate, where is he on my list? Uh, Golden Tate, I've got him pegged for 15 points, but again, problem, he's $6,800. And then uh, Cooks in New England. You're playing Denver. I don't have Cooks high at all. Thirteen. I have him for 13 points for $6,000. He just isn't enough value there. But think about it this way. If you use those three, that's all mid-range picks. That's about 15000 If I'm going to use Antonio Brown, who is not on my screen, 9500 oh. <laughs> and then I got to use two guys at 3000 each, that's still $15,000 in salary. So what's better, using the big upside guy and then two guys and crossing your fingers and praying or using three mid-range guys? You know, I no. mean, that's I kind of it's a rough call. It's a rough call. So you can go either way on it. This week, I'm going to use Antonio Brown and go cheap. I do have one lineup I've already set where I've got Antonio Brown, Marquise Goodwin, and uh, Marquise Lee in it. And I'm calling that the Marquise lineup um, because there's somebody else. Oh, Josh Doxson's at 4,100. But again, again, you don't know who's going to show up. What's you know? Washington doing this week? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what Washington's doing this week. I don't even know Did you see that play? Which one? Last week with Washington. Oh, they're playing Minnesota. Uh, last week, there was a bad snap. Yeah. And it went over his head. Okay. He batted the ball. He turned around and he he gave it to Rob Kelly, who then immediately got tackled by five people. <laughs> He's like, here, I don't want this. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, that leaves us with tight ends. Tight ends are a mess. Sparian Jenkins. Ty, that's where you're going? Yep. He has the lowest value indicator because, really? well, Tampa plays... Plays him decently. He's only at, I've got him at ten points, um, and he's forty eight hundred. He's one of the more expensive guys now because he's been producing. I'm actually and I last week the metric. This is one of the big misses. The metric swore by Ed Dixon. Ed Dixon didn't catch a ball last week. No, no, he didn't. So that was terribly. I had him in one of my other. Oh, I weeks. had him in a lineup this week. The metric loves Julius Thomas. Really? Let me say that again. The metric loves Julius Thomas. The last time the metric loved Julius Thomas, mm-hmm. it was when they were in New uh, England earlier this year, and he caught like three touchdown passes. And oh. I said, you're freaking nuts. There's no way I'm using Julius Thomas. And I'm still saying that. But he's 2,800, and I've got him pegged for about 10 points. So I've got him pegged for the same amount as Austin Safarian Jenkins, but he's $2,000 less expensive. So again, it comes down to do you want reliability or do you want to clear up cap space? That's mm. up to each individual owner. I can't tell you what to do. I can tell you who I'm targeting. Who are you targeting? Tyler Croft. Sorry, Craig. Sorry. Good luck. And yes, I know your offensive line is banged up, but I've got him targeted for 10.7 points, and I've got him at $3,600. He is the happy medium between completely unreliable Ed Dixon and maybe I'll catch three passes for a touchdown, Austin Safarian Jenkins. I think they're going to have to rely on him a little bit. I think they're going to, I think I do. I think that Tennessee is going to try and take AJ green out of the game. And that's going to be a big, big difference. Mm. So I honestly don't know. I, all I'll tell you about Cincinnati right now, <laughs> there needs to be a change. Oh, I know. I know. Jeremy Hill and John Ross were healthy scratches last week. How, how's that look in retrospect when your, your number one receiver goes out there, picks a fight and gets tossed out that you can't use John Ross. That killed my lineup. That AJ came out. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's killing me is that. Oh wait a minute. He's is he suspended? He is suspended this week. Oh, he's not appealing, is he? No, I don't think so. 
Oh, because it's season long. I'm playing Keith's team, and Keith has AJ Green. Oh, I think he does have AJ Green. That's gonna be he a does. huge, which is good because my half of my team is off this week. I he only scored no fifty backups. points last week because AJ Green was out. He had a really <laughs> rough week last week, you know. But I mean, what are you gonna do? It happens. It happens. So, so that's our our week ten picks. Like I said, week nine went really well. We do want to talk really quickly. Um, we got about ten minutes left. I heard I was listening to Guru Elite this week again. Jeff Mans is a heavy Jeff Mans show today, <laughs> um, and he was talking about the differences between FanDuel and DraftKings. And he plays primarily FanDuel, and a lot of the guys at Guru Elite play primarily DraftKings. And a lot of them were talking about the inconsistency in the salary assignments this year, uh, which you know again we haven't. Our system has not performed as well as it has in the past couple of years, and our system is extremely salary cap dependent. So Craig and I started talking about this, and I gave Craig a task. Create a DraftKings lineup that you like, just off the top of your head, that looks balanced, and then see what happens when you try to translate it to FanDuel. So Craig, what happened with your grand experiment? And before I'm so, sorry, before yeah. we start... We, I asked Craig, keep the flex position open yep, and keep the kicker position open on FanDuel because that's the major difference between the two sites. Mm-hmm. And then we can take a look at the salary difference too because FanDuel uses, what, a $60,000 salary and DraftKings uses a fifty. Yep. So there's a percentage kind of thing to work in here. But let's, so when you plugged in the DraftKings lineup and left flex out of the equation, yep. how to come out? Uh, so basically, I did a lineup with... Uh, Goff as my quarterback. Okay. So the lineup, <clears throat> the lineup for this example, is Goff, Kamara, Gordon. Okay. Woods, Thomas, Shushu, Juju, Smith, Schuster. Juju Smith Schuster. <laughs> Who's that guy? Safarian Jenkins, and the Jaguars. Okay, and then that leaves open the kicker spot on Fanduel right. and the um, flex position on DraftKings. So what was the DraftKings salary for those guys? So. If I did that lineup on DraftKings, yeah, and did not do the, I didn't pick a flex yet. Right, we gotta leave a. Flex I'd only have twenty seven hundred dollars left. Okay, so that's twenty seven hundred dollars out of fifty thousand. Hold on a second, I'm bringing out the calculator. Yep, we are doing this live. We'll do it live. <laughs> twenty seven hundred divided by fifty thousand. So that's point zero five. So that's five percent of your salary is left over. Now, what about the FanDuel side of it? You same guys. What was the salary left over? Um, da, da, da. left over would be fifty-seven. Fifty-seven hundred of sixty thousand. That's nine percent. So you would have more money to spend on a kicker on FanDuel. Yeah. In theory, in terms of percentage of if your budget, I, if I pick a kicker, if I pick Zerlin. Who's on FanDuel's fifty four hundred? I would have three hundred dollars left. But I mean, think about that. So when it all shakes out, the same lineup, one used ninety the the FanDuel used ninety one percent of your available funds, and DraftKings used ninety five percent of your available funds. That's a significant difference when you're talking about putting together DFS lineups. That's it's pretty big. That's hundreds of dollars. And you have more money to assign to a position that's essentially a coin flip because it's a kicker. And we have no idea ever 
what's going to happen with kickers, you usually just target a high-scoring game. Yeah. You know, or a team that's got, you know, a team that doesn't pass well but runs really well. Those kinds of are the kinds of kickers you target. And wow. See, now that says to me that there is more flexibility on the FanDuel side. By the way, let me just say, too, this whole conversation for Jeff Manns erupted out of the fact that last year on last week on DraftKings, T.Y. Hilton was owned in 41 percent of the tournament he was in. And he was like, holy crap, doesn't make a difference what T.Y. does. Two out of every five players in this tournament have him. And he called his buddy who was playing on FanDuel and he was less than 10% owned. People were buying DraftKings shares of T.Y. Hilton like nuts and they were passing over him on FanDuel. And his buddy from FanDuel said there were just better options for the price. There were better options for me to work with and I did a better job managing my money. Yeah. Like, um, so the biggest lineup I had last week had 156 points. Okay. <clears throat> ah, excuse me. And your lineup had what? 170? 171 on DraftKings. There was a FanDuel tournament that the the top prize was, uh, was it, what did I say? Was it like five grand? Oh, it was 12 grand. The 12 one grand. Me? Yeah, $12,000. You So technically, you would have won 12 grand. I would You would have come in first and I would have came in second. And it won with like 145 points. Yeah. But don't forget, too, their scoring system is a little different. They're a half point PPR where DraftKings is a full point PPR. Right. So but still. You know, imagine you're using three wideouts. So the difference, and let's imagine each of them have seven catches just because you're using high end guys. So that's uh, 14, 21. That's another 10 points. Okay. So there's 10 points. Uh, and the kicker versus the flex. The flex is always going to provide more points than the average kicker. So maybe there's another 10 points. So there's 20. But even still, I scored 171 and won a double up. He would have scored 161. That would have barely cashed in the double up. You know, yeah, I don't I know. Mean, I might have to try FanDuel. I think let's, see what let's do this experiment. I'm going to put you in charge of the FanDuel experiment uh, off the air because we're almost <laughs> out of time. Let's put together just a FanDuel lineup and just we'll run it through a freebie. I don't care. And let's see how it does relative to the field. You have the um, the, the well, you don't we'll use those lineups that you did. We'll assign a kicker. We'll sign the best kicker we can afford. We'll sign the best uh, pro- projected flex that we can afford in, in DraftKings. We'll put them into similar contests, maybe a $1.50-50 for each of them with similar pools and see what happens. See what that happens. Works. I've been a DraftKings guy for years now, for like the last three years, but with the inconsistency, I'm starting to really rethink it. Now, this week when I went and I took my projections, um, which again is an amalgamation of other expert projections, I, that's which is why I don't take credit for them directly is because I listen to a lot of sources and you know, one guy says he's going to score 13 points and the other guy says he's going to score 50 and I probably put 14 on the page. You know, um, when I put my numbers in the my projections almost in order matched like the top five at each position. So the number one wide receiver on DraftKings had the most points. The number two had the most the second most points and so on of the top four or five positions across almost everywhere. I was pretty on point with their their sales today, uh, the salaries rather. And the other part of it was when I did running backs, the top three running backs, when I put my projections into the DraftKings metric, they all came back at 0.24. Really? So they were all evenly spaced in terms of my projections versus salary. You know, so if you're going to save 10 points, you're going to save $3 or $3,000 or $300 rather. So either way, it, it, this week may be different. I'm, I'm very, I'm very hopeful after last week. I felt like last week was like kind of a turning point week for us. So we'll see what happens. 
But uh, we're just about out of time. So, Craig, final weeks going into week 10. Season long continues on. It continues. My, 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 my division, by the way, in our season long, every team is five and four. Yeah, the entire division is season. five and four. It is basically going to be a half season to see who represents our team in the playoffs. Weird season. It's been a very weird, weird season. Um, and CBS gave me the kiss of death today by saying I have a cupcake schedule. Those oh, were the you're going to lose the rest of the game. The computer-generated guy was like, <laughs> don't worry, you have a cupcake schedule coming up. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> Here we freaking go. All right, so final, final thoughts, week 10. Uh, this week, it's starting to get cold in New England. I definitely like Britt men- like Brit mentioned with going to uh, Buffalo. Probably look at weather reports. Yes, I think I, that that's going to be a my lot of indoor this week teams too. are going to be playing outside in the cold. Yes. It's going to be like below freezing in New England this week. New Orleans is on the road this week. Detroit's at home, so that's good. But New Orleans is on the road this week. They're in Buffalo, like Craig is talking about. Check your weather reports like Saturday. A lot of experts will tell you don't finalize your DS your your DFS cash lineups until Saturday. You can that gives you plenty of time to look and see if there's better than a fifty percent chance of rain somewhere that's cold. Be prepared to to start shelving some of the wide receivers or quarterbacks there because the passing game may be difficult. We've definitely learned that this year. Um, the other part of it too is Sunday morning. You are not done with your DFS responsibilities yeah. until 1230 and you've double checked everybody. Leonard Fournette was 8% owned in DraftKings tournaments last week. 8% of the people playing tournaments either didn't care or didn't check. Check your lineups, guys. We have a lot of last minute um, folks that go off. Zach Ertz was supposed to play last week and he was telling ESPN Sal Palantonio got a text from the coach that morning at 10 o'clock saying Zach looks good. He's going to play. And then he went out and he warmed up and they got shut down. Make sure you do your due diligence. Don't guess. With all that in mind, keep an eye on the weather. Keep an eye on injuries. Keep an eye on everything. With that in mind, I will say uh, hi, Deb. And hi, have Deb. a great week, everybody. I am Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fig Nuts. (laughs) 